Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. I am Troy Shockley, and this is the Coffee Break Podcast. Thanks for joining our chat today. Coffee Break brought to you by Cochrane Insurance. Can you introduce yourself to folks a little bit? Just tell them, you know, who you are and I guess give us the Nicole Doyle story. Yeah. So I'm Nicole Doyle. I'm the victim service specialist for the city attorney's office. Um, I handle all misdemeanor violent crimes that occur in the city. Um, So that's partner, family member assault, simple assault, stalking, no contact order violations, order protection violations, and sexual assault. How was that all? It's yeah. all of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, in uh, victim services specialist with the uh, attorney's office, I mean, what, what does that mean? I mean, we, we know the word, all of those words individually, we know what those are, but when you put them all together, what does that mean? What does your day job look like? So my day job, um, I guess kind of pre-COVID, I would be in the office. I would go to the court. I assist all of those victims with explaining what court will look like now that there's been this charge and what it looks like, how it happens, um, kind of answer some questions that come up along the way, because a lot of people don't live in the criminal Mm -hmm. justice world and it's very foreign to them. And I'm kind of that liaison to figure it out. Yeah. So you have to figure it all out. Yes. It's amazing that you're able to keep it all straight. How long have you been uh, doing that? So I've been in this position for two and a half years. Okay. Just here or just in, in, in general? Just with this job. My job prior to this was working for Child and Family Services. Okay. So there is a little bit of crossover there, right? I mean, at least the base knowledge is there. Yeah. It definitely helped a lot. And then um, in college in Missoula, I worked as an advocate for the Student Assault Resource Center. So I had that basic knowledge as well. Okay. Yeah. Nicole Doyle is our guest today. And uh, Nicole, how... How do you get into that job? I mean, because this is any of those that you you just mentioned. I mean, that's a pretty specific set, right? It's it's way more than going in and punching a clock. Yes. Um, I just, I think I found that passion in college and it kind of morphed in the years. I mean, I worked for the state for about four and a half years. And then this opportunity came with the city to do the victim service specialist. And it's been the perfect job. I love what I do. I love helping all of the people and working with the attorneys. It's a great opportunity. So, and you're the only one, right? I mean, you, you are that office. It's just me. <laughs> yeah. So day to day, I mean, everything's going to look a little bit different for you, right? Yeah. Some days are very busy, very hectic. And then there's kind of lulls that just happen naturally with what goes on. Yeah. Um, but day to day, I'm pretty busy depending. I mean, working from home now, back and forth in and out of the office. So it's a challenge some days. Yeah. Yeah. And October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Um, I think we like uh, we like to think that that uh, doesn't so much happen here. But like we've talked with uh, Jenny Eck from the Friendship Center a few times, and uh, she points out that know that it, it is happening in our community. Very much. I mean, you have a job. So yes. obviously this is happening. Exactly. Um, we all know domestic violence in general, right? I mean, we understand at least uh, some idea in a general sense, but it, that's a far bigger umbrella uh, than what we may realize. I mean, you rattled off the, the various things there. It it involves a lot, doesn't it? It's very complex. Yeah. Can you break it down for us? Well, I think, I mean... <laughs> we, I mean, we got a half hour, you know? <laughs> yeah. So domestic violence in general, I think when just somebody thinks of it, they think of like spouses arguing you know, that yeah. fight going on, but then it kind of trickles down into how complex that can be. What's going on during that fight? Was there injury? What happens to the victim after all of 
those altercations and kind of how that changes their mindset and then moving forward if there is an arrest kind of how that plays on their ability and moving forward but wanting to stay with that person and that's kind of where I come in to help them wade through that because ultimately we want what's best for the victim and even if that means that they go back to that person but what are safety things that we can do for them how can we as the city attorney's office kind of ensure that there's other yeah. measures in place that it might stop it. Yeah. Nicole Doyle is the victim services specialist with the city attorney's office. Um, as I mentioned, uh, we, we, we've spoken fairly recently with Jenny at the Friendship Center. And, uh, you know, th- this is just far more prevalent in our community than we realize. How many how many people are you working with? I, I don't know, on a given a day or a week or just to give people an idea of what's going on. So Mondays are probably a busier day just because if arrests happen over the weekend, those individuals sit in jail until they can see the judge on Monday. And so I get a lot of frantic phone calls Mondays. What's happening? What's happening? I want to be able to talk to them. Um, But then some Mondays, they're not busy at all. I think it just depends on what's going on. On average, I mean, in a year, I work with well over probably 125 people, but wow. sometimes it gets higher and sometimes it's a little lower. And those are all of those various crimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and this started uh, the program back in officially, is it 2016? Is that when it yes, came about? Yes, that's when the grant um, was given to the city attorney's office from the Montana Board of Crime Control. Um, and now we're in our third grant. So Okay. Yeah. So how did that, uh, where did that idea come from? I mean, is this something that exists elsewhere or is this something that has kind of been created here? I mean, where does this come out of? It's fairly common throughout a lot of attorneys agencies. You can, this position is sometimes called a vi- victim witness coordinator, um, victim witness person. I mean, it just goes back and forth. Sure. Um, but there's a lot of prosecution offices, both city and county in the state that have it. Um, and also the Department of Corrections has their own little okay. group of individuals as well. So it's pretty common. So can you give us a generic, obviously this is all very individualized, but can you give uh, listeners a little bit of a generic scenario of what happens? You know, just pick pick a crime, I guess, mm-hmm. and, and give us a general idea of like a walkthrough of, of what you do. So, for instance, for a partner family member assault, um, I reach out to the victims and let them know this is when that individual's court date is and this is what that court date is and then explain what that process looks like. But then I also have that conversation with them of how are you doing, kind of gain a little bit more back information that might be helpful for myself to understand the totality of the situation um, so they can share their story with me. And then we kind of have that big conversation of, what do you want to see happen with this case? And then they can let me know, you know, I want to see this. He, you know, he, I mean, generally speaking, male mm-hmm. people are the abusers and females are the victims. Um, he has a problem with drinking and he needs this or he has a really bad anger issue and this needs to be or he has unaddressed mental health. And this is what I want to see. And then I can relay that to the prosecutor. So when they're having those conversations with the defense attorney of saying, We're willing to do this with the case if your client agrees to do X, Y, and Z. Um, And then I'm that support through the court system if that person doesn't want to take any type of offer that our office um, is offering them. I'm in the courtroom. I'm that familiar face that they know that they already Mm -hmm. have this established relationship with. 
and then just checking in with them after they have to testify just to, you know, you're okay, it's all right, this is what's going to happen next. Yeah. I mean, how big is it to have that, I guess, intermediary may be the, the phrase. I mean, you're because this is going to be unfamiliar to many, if not most people in the, in the situation. They don't, they don't know how to sort of navigate this world. And, and exactly. you do. I mean, just, just the sense of relief has to be huge. Yes. I mean, I've heard people say that, you know, they found my position was just worthless and I don't know my job. But then I've also heard from people that having that constant person that they can reach out to that can provide those answers to them is helpful. And they're so grateful that this position is there because prior to this position, the chance of them being able to talk to the prosecutor in this extensive way is very limited just due to how busy the court is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it just—it's it, got to take some uh, just that sense of it being overwhelming. Yes, you you, you kind of tamp that back a little bit. Yep, I take all of that worry off of them and explain like this is what's happening next, and we'll just focus on that, and then this is what's going to happen, and we don't have to look at the finish line right now. We just have to start walking through. Yeah, Nicole Doyle is our guest on Coffee Break this morning. She's the Victim Services Specialist with the City Attorney's Office. Uh, Police Chief Steve Hagen is also here. We're going to catch up with him uh, on this here in uh, just a few minutes. But uh, even for somebody who understands how this all works, it has to be a little bit complex sometimes, uh, figuring out all who to talk to and, and how to make this happen. Do you ever get a little bit tired of it all? To some degree, I mean, it can be. I think it's really hard for me when there's the same victim coming back through our office with the same person with the same crime. Like that gets really hard um, because you know what can happen. There are fatalities that do occur between domestic violence relationships. And it's kind of trying to help that person realize that, but not worry them and just make sure that they're also linked with the friendship center, other resources to help them safely leave if that's what they're wanting to do. Yeah, well, and just to have somebody there that's standing beside you that you know is they're in my corner. They're trying to help me, and when it comes to the complexities of everything, is I've got this. Yes. You know, you can take a breath. Um, you know, it's got to be a little bit of an emotionally involved job, but the rewards have to be pretty significant as well. Yes, I I think when you kind of hear, I guess that light bulb go off when they realize when they're like, oh, these patterns are this. And I've started reading this book and it really showed me that this is what's going on and this is my plan to leave and this is how I'm going to do this. Or hearing the people that do choose to stay together and how that person is doing a lot better and the victim now feels like they're in a safer place with that person because they also have additional resources that can help them. And so how do people connect with you? I mean, are they connected with you sort of just that's the process now or do they have to reach out? Yes. So technically, as soon as there's been an arrest for those various crimes that I listed, then my office receives paperwork for those court dates. And then that's how they fall onto my caseload. Um, Then I use the information that was provided to officers for their phone numbers, address, all of that stuff. And then I reach out to them. So they're kind of forced onto my caseload they can choose not to work with me if they don't want to that doesn't always happen um so that's how it 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 works but i reach out to them and let them know what's going on and then sometimes i never hear back from them or sometimes they want updates on what's going on or new things that have happened okay it's it's just such a huge community impact um so th- thank you for what you're doing thank you. uh it's it, it's a very important thing it's a big thing and uh i mean that 
you said, I mean, hundreds of lives that, that you've helped over uh, the four years in your job. I mean, that, that's incredible. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if people want to find out more ab- about this, I mean, can they reach out? Can they can they do that? Yes, they can. Um, so I'm within the city attorney's office, so that's where I'm housed. There is, I have a victim services email. If they have questions, they can reach out. Office phone, all of that stuff, they can reach okay. out to me. Perfect. Nicole Doyle is the victim services specialist with the city attorney's office. Thanks so much for chatting. Thank you so much. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break, and uh, we're going to put the police chief on the mic. Coming up on Coffee Break. I just wanted to step away from the show for a few seconds to tell you that if you miss an episode, you can always catch up. We're on iTunes, so find our show there or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Local and area events, city, state, and national officials, your neighbors doing incredible things. We talk to them all on Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. In today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, we deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across Montana. Ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com security. Welcome back, and this is Coffee Break. I'm Troy Shockley. Thanks for sticking with us this morning. I do appreciate that. And uh, as promised, finishing out the show, we've got Helena Police Chief Steve Hagen with us. Sir, how are you? Good, Troy. How are you? You know, I'm doing all right. Uh, I appreciate you coming in. Um, the program we've been talking about this morning, obviously you're looking at it from the angle of, of, of law enforcement. Um, so the, the glass is tinted a little bit, but I mean, how how big, how important is this, do you think, to the community? And then to you and and your department. So victim services is incredibly important to law enforcement and the community. In the past, the prosecutors would be the ones that reach out and they're reaching out more for um, to try to help the, the prosecution of the case. Mm-hmm. No one yeah. would really focus on the victims and victim services coordinator does that incredible job. And that's you know, that's a job that's absolutely needed. Criminal justice folk, um, system generally focuses on the criminal. I mean, it's in yeah, the, in the yeah. part of the um, title, but everyone forgets about the victim. And I think that that is critical that it's the victim's not forgotten. Yeah, because the whole idea is to to get justice for the victim, right? But then I, I think you're right. That focus turns, and the way we do that is focus on this person. Right, and it, I, I don't think it's just getting justice for the victim, but getting that victim the help and sure. helping them, especially in the domestic violence side of things, they don't necessarily want to get out of that situation. They want that situation to improve. They want to be safe and um, trying to get both the victim and the perpetrator help is critical in that. Yeah. Cause when we talk about reducing uh, recidivism rates, that's not just, you know, shoplifting and, and, you know, car theft, whatever it is, the same thing's happening in these domestic violence situations. And, we can't have that. I mean, that, that's not good. Right. And domestic violence in Helena is, is fairly prevalent. Um, we we deal with several hundred cases a year. Um, average about one a day. 
and really? it's okay. pretty significant. And that, um, Nicole doesn't just, she deals with the misdemeanor ones. We have a lot of felonies, um, strangulation that are domestic violence related and, and those kind of things. And that's handled through the county attorney's office. So there are just lots of cases in Helena. There's too many. Yeah. One is too many, but three or 400 is, is way too many. Yeah. So that I was going to ask you, you know, throw some numbers at us. I mean, that that's a big number. I mean, it, is has it been increasing? I mean, since you've been with the department, is this or is this just sort of this is the trend? No, I don't. I don't. I wouldn't say it's been increasing. I think it's pretty pretty steady over the. I've been in law enforcement uh, here for twenty nine years, and it's pretty consistent over the years. More people, more cases. Mm-hmm. So yes, yeah. there's a there's a number sure. going up because our community is obviously growing. And when I talk about our community, it's not just Helena residents. Uh, right, right. We have a lot of folks from the Valley that visit Helena and, and uh, use our facilities. So they are involved in domestic violence as well. But um, I realistically, I'd say an average of one a day and it's actually more than that. But if you look at that as a number, right. And that's a victim every day. And some of them are the, um, like Nicole referenced, some of them are repeat victims. Well, and these are the, the number of cases that are reported. Correct. Too, right. I mean, obviously there's stuff out there that happens that we just never hear about. Correct. And that, I, I think the numbers are less than half of them are ever reported or a quarter of them are ever reported. And there is a significant number of calls we go to where it's not, the arrest isn't made. So domestic violence and um, those type of crimes are, are fairly significant and it's not unique to Helena. Um, It's, it's in every demographic in every city in this country. Yeah, Police Chief Steve Hagan is finishing out the show with us today. And uh, Steve, how how big an impact is Nicole and uh, Victim Service Specialist? Uh, you know that whole program. How big an impact is that making? I think the it's kind of hard to ask me. The, the sure. people that really I think should be asked are the victims. Obviously, you can't have them on the show. Um, or you could, but um, it is it impacts us because now we have someone to get the victim's help mm-hmm. um, yeah. we try but we 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 are law enforcement law enforcement we're crisis management and that's really what it is and we don't have the time to to work with the victims long term and it's that's the most critical part of this is to try to get help that's not we're yeah. not there just to arrest folks or try to get them help yeah well. so it's got to be nice uh, you know to, to see this program. I mean, Nicole mentioned, you know, there's, there's other programs where they're also uh, talking about, uh, you know, working with witnesses and, and maybe that's a focus because it's another way that we're trying to help the victim, but nobody's sitting down with the victim. They're sitting down with a witness or they're focusing on the, the bad guy. Right. I mean, so there are other iterations of this. I mean, to have this is, it's a big deal. It is a big deal. And, and up until this point, it was just, working you like you said working with the witnesses and that's what law enforcement would do and courts tend to treat a victim as a witness rather than as a victim sure um and just you you'd have to experience it to to figure out how overwhelming it would be for a victim especially of domestic violence to be all of a sudden thrust into this system most people don't understand the criminal justice system. Right. I've been in law enforcement a long time. <laughs> I don't understand it on many days. Um, and to just be thrust into that and not understand what happens next, what happens if my husband, my wife, my girlfriend, my boyfriend gets convicted and what happens to the kids and 
that's one thing we haven't discussed is the impact on the children. And that's, we involve family services in that. And like Nicole said, she was involved in, in that prior to her current job. So, so you mentioned, you know, we, we, we sort of pinned that number at one a day. Um, for incidents in our community. When we talk domestic violence in the Helena community, in the area, what are what are the more common, I mean, what do we see the most? Because as Nicole said, there, there's obviously a whole lot that fall under that one umbrella. Right, and, and what you end up, and she mentioned a couple other crimes that go with it, which are no contact order violations mm-hmm. and um, order of protection violations. So at every domestic violence, when a person's arrested, there is an um, a no contact order issued until they see the judge. So if they do get released from jail um, before seeing a judge or even after seeing a judge, sometimes there's no contact order is issued. They can't t- contact each other. So that that's to protect. Every, all of this is, is basically to protect the victim. So that's part of it. And then a lot of times the victim will try to get a, a order of protection, which is commonly called a TRO. Um, but it's, it's actually an order of protection. So most of our cases, or a lot of our cases, are um, misdemeanor partner family member assaults, and they involve minor injuries. A, a lot of our cases, especially recently, there was a new law that was passed, strangulation mm-hmm. of a partner or a family member, and that's a felony. That's now on the book, so we do um, charge folks with that quite a bit. And over the years, we've been fairly fortunate in Helena in actually the city of Helena to not have any domestic violence homicides. And we've had three over the last about four or five years, which is pretty significant in a small community like this. So what are we seeing, Steve, in terms of COVID, Um, you know, since the spring? I I know that some of this is anecdotal and and we don't, you know, it'll be maybe next year before you sit and look at numbers and that sort of thing. But just anecdotally, is there an increase that we're noticing right now? Obviously, there's new and added stress and stressors and uh, situations that people are in that they're not used to. Is are, are we starting to see that? Surprisingly, when it, in March and April, we saw a drop in almost all of our calls um, to include domestic violence. But um, Nicole could be able to answer this a little better. And I don't know if we've seen an increase with COVID. It, it's back to where it was. Yes. And okay. that's, that's what it is for all of our calls. It dropped. For some reason, all of our calls dropped. Um, we basically about cut in half. And then since the um, start or since COVID Basically, people started to understand and people started going back to work um, and getting back into the community. It's leveled off and it's returned back to pre-COVID numbers. So, no, we a lot of places have experienced an increase. But unless we actually sat down and compared sure. this yeah, year yeah. to the last, you got you have to compare it five years because every year is, you know, little ups and downs. Okay. But it's basically about the same as it was. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Jenny, when we recently spoke with her, said even their hotline, like the phone just quit ringing. Yeah. Um, but something that I, I thought was interesting that, that we've talked about on the show before also is is uh, a stalking and something that a lot of people don't realize is as big a deal as what it is. Do we see that in our community as well? We do. We see um, quite a bit of that. And it, a lot of it is domestic violence related. Uh, you know, the typical stalker as you see on tv is a stranger right most stalkings are people that you know and it's usually a spouse or significant other 
um, that a person's no longer involved in and are involved with that continues to try to contact and harass and sometimes threaten that person. Yeah. Uh, Police Chief Steve Hagan is finishing out the show with us today. we got a couple minutes left with him. And uh, what else? I mean, maybe even if it's not necessarily domestic violence related, but um, as we're finishing up, I mean, what, what are we seeing right now that listeners need to be aware of? Um, as always, right now, when you have all the snow on the cars and everyone wants to get out and get their cars warmed up, um, understand there's going to be people, people that will take advantage of that. And we do have more vehicles stolen once the weather gets cold and people are warming up their cars. Mm-hmm. Not everyone has the ability to remotely start their car. Um, matter of fact, I had to stand by my car this morning when <laughs> it warmed up and I scraped off the snow over the weekend. So lock up your cars, um, be in your car if you're warming it up and be aware that there are people that will take advantage of of a situation if you leave your keys in your car. Most of our vehicles that are stolen do have their keys in them. Yeah. And wipe off that windshield. Don't yes, be please. Don't be driving through the little square. Yeah, that's it's always funny to me to to drive into work and see the, the especially snow. They'll just scrape a small enough area away so they can right. see through the just a porthole basically. Yeah. And you can't see, if you can't see beyond that little hole that kid on the bike, the um, person crossing the street, those are the people you're not going to see. Right. So scrape the window, take the extra two minutes. Yeah. Just got to wake up a little bit sooner. Uh, Police Chief Steve Hagen with us this morning. We got one minute left, Steve. Um, and, and and maybe this is more an answer or more a question for, for Nicole. But I mean, are there things that we should be watching for uh, in loved ones that's maybe just sort of some sort of red flag? Or I mean, what what are the things that we see that, you know what, maybe we need to reach out. So if, if you see something that you think maybe a person's being abused, but they're not, you know, it's not getting mm-hmm. reported to the police or reach out to the friendship center, um, contact them and, and say, I have this person that I believe is maybe being abused. Um, could you reach out and talk to them? And the friendship center will reach out. Okay. Um, and the person may or may not want their help, but that's a, at least try. Try to do something. Try to do something. Don't yeah. or start with a conversation with the person. Is everything okay? You know, you, you're showing up for work all the time with bruises on your arms or, yeah. or uh, you know, black eyes or whatever it is. It's not yeah. always that severe. So better to offend somebody potentially than to just not say anything and and then regret it later. Correct. So, Police Chief Steve Hagen, our guest to finish off the show, and Nicole Doyle. Before that, thank you both for coming in today. That's all the time we have. See you back here tomorrow. I'm Troy Shockley, and that's it for Coffee Break today. Be sure to check us out on iTunes. Head on over. Give us a review there. That's always much appreciated. Or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you back here tomorrow.